Welcome to this podcast of the Sunday Message from Hope Gateway in Portland, Maine. We'd love to have you join us for worship Sunday mornings at 10 a.m., currently on Zoom and broadcast live on Facebook. Visit our website at hopegateway.com to learn more. Whether you live near or far, we hope you find this message to be meaningful. Wherever you are, join us in doing justice, loving kindness, and walking humbly with God. Good morning, everybody. Um, My name is Courtney Tabor, and my pronouns are she and her. And in an effort to be as inclusive as possible, I'm going to describe my physical appearance as well and tell you that I am a light-skinned woman with dark brown hair that falls below my shoulders, and my hair is half pulled back today, and I'm wearing a striped sweater. Um, I'm also identified as totally blind with no functional vision. Um, I want to start today by talking about a person that I never thought I would be preaching about, but here we are. Um, I'm guessing most of you have heard of her. She is probably one of the most famous openly disabled people in history. Helen Keller was, as many of you know, a deafblind woman who became a 20th century author and activist. Helen Keller is probably someone you learned about as a child. Maybe someone read you a book about her or you watched a movie about her. Um, and however you may have been exposed to her, you likely all heard the roughly the same basic story of Helen's life. So here's the story. Helen loses her sight and her hearing as a toddler. And from that point on, she becomes completely wild and out of control. She's screaming, throwing things, violent and totally over the top. Then a young woman named Annie Sullivan comes to Helen's house to work with her and try to help her. And eventually Annie does get through to Helen. Um, At a water pump one day, Helen touches water and then signs the word for water to Anne. This is really a breakthrough moment, a miracle moment, if you will. Helen continues on to learn to communicate through Anne, and Annie remains her interpreter throughout her life. Helen becomes an author and a political activist and is well-known today as such. Um, And on the slide that I think is up here, you'll see there is a series of photos. Um, The first two are from the movie The Miracle Worker. Um, One is of young Helen violently throwing things. Um, uh, And the next is the iconic scene at the well with Annie. Um, The final picture on the slide is a real-life photo of Helen as an adult with Annie beside her, and they are meeting President Kennedy. Um, So that's the story that I grew up knowing about Helen Keller. And quite frankly, that's all I ever cared to know. Um, Helen and Annie's names and their inspiration stories are so ubiquitous in blindness organizations that I had zero interest in encountering their names ever again. Um, But earlier this weekend, in the midst of my chronic insomnia, I um, happened upon a new podcast episode from from Radiolab called The Helen Keller Exorcism. Now that actually sounded cool. So uh, I checked it out and it was really cool. I couldn't stop listening. 
I highly recommend that you check this out. It is richly reported and really well done. Um, the episode digs deeply into Helen's life, and what we learn is that the story, the, the story that we know about her life is a scrubbed down and doctored up narrative created for the inspiration of a non-disabled audience. Helen wasn't wild as a child until she was saved by Annie. She had many ways of connecting with the people around her, including some of her own signs. And she was not a perfect heroine as an adult. Um, she was a proponent of eugenics, and she struggled deeply with her own internalized ableism. The story of Helen that we know isn't really her story at all. It's ours. Our society wanted a story of inspiration for a non-disabled world, so we took Helen's and we created a new story. Our desire to sanitize stories for our own benefit seems to be a, a human problem that transcends time. In the scripture passage for this week, we see Peter try to do this with Jesus. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus predicts his own death to his disciples. The passage says, He then began explaining things to them. It is necessary that the Son of Man proceed to an ordeal of suffering, be tried and found guilty by the elders, high priests, and religion scholars, be killed, and after three days rise up alive. He says this simply and clearly so they wouldn't miss it. But Peter grabbed him in protest. Turning and seeing his disciples wavering, wondering what to believe, Jesus confronted Peter. Peter, get out of my way. Satan, get lost. You have no idea how God works. So the things Jesus is predicting are awful, right? They're full of violence. Peter doesn't want to hear that. He doesn't want that to happen to Jesus, and he doesn't want to think about it happening either. So he tries to stop Jesus from saying these things, but Jesus is having none of it. Jesus goes on to say, anyone who intends to come with me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat. Don't run from suffering. Embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-help is no help at all. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way to save yourself and your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? What could you ever trade your soul for? What Jesus is predicting to his disciples is not a pretty story. It's messy. It's terrifying. But it's his story. Jesus shows his disciples that a lightened up story does them no good. It may be easier to digest, but it would come at a steep cost. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? This tendency to try to control the narrative is quite common in our world, and it happens remarkably often with disability and Christianity. When we discuss biblical stories about healing disability without bothering to center disabled voices in that conversation, that's controlling the narrative. When Christians, even progressive ones, say things like that, that disabled people are sent here by God to teach them patience or gratitude or presence or kindness, that's controlling our narrative. 
it's making us into one dimensional beings for the comfort and complacency of others. And Jesus is right. When we take the story away from the teller and when we pretty it up to make ourselves feel better, we lose something crucial. We not only lose the story, but we lose the sense of responsibility to one another. If disabled people are here just to make others feel better about themselves, then there's no challenge to rid our society of oppressive systems. We need to ask ourselves, who is this story benefiting? If we can step out of the way in order to center disabled voices in the church and really in every setting in our lives, think of what we can gain. It won't be easy. It will be filled with struggle and hard stories, but it will also be filled with joy and art and learning. It will remind us of how we are tethered to one another in all things. What Jesus reminds us and what Helen Keller's story shows us today is that we don't need miracle workers. We need what is real. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. To hear more about Hope Gateway and to discover how together we can do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with God, visit our website at hopegateway.com.